Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Living Full Kombucha Podcast. My name is Lydia. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join me, or I don't know, maybe you're brewing right now, or doing the dishes, you're in the shower. I don't know. Regardless, I'm just happy you're taking the time to tune in today. I started this podcast... A little over two years ago, which is wild to think because so much time has gone by, which was formerly known as the Teacher Turn Alchemist podcast because I used to be a former public school teacher. And I have since changed the podcast name to the Living Full Kombucha podcast because this podcast is all my verbal journal where I have now transitioned to being a commercial kombucha brewer. And in the, I would hope, near future, but that's why I'm here documenting all of it, I'd like to open what I'm calling an inclusive kombucha taproom, where I would like to celebrate neurodiversity in the brewing space and bring a kombucha taproom to my community, which is in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So welcome. For today's episode, I wanted to take you back a couple of years to the beginning and why I actually chose kombucha in the first place. I've never really documented that on this platform and I wanted to explain myself today and how it wasn't always about kombucha and how there was just a lot of thoughts that I had that I wanted to process here on the podcast as to how I finally landed on a commercial kombucha business. And so many of you are writing in and sharing who you are. And I just, I love hearing from you. And it's just so neat because many of you are going down a similar path and you want to start your own commercial brewing business as well, whether that be in beer or kombucha. And I'm just eager to share my journey and maybe it'll resonate with you. So before I jump into all of that, I always share what I am sipping on in every episode. And today, actually, it's fitting that I chose this flavor because this is actually a flavor that I started with when I first started home brewing. And I feel like this will tie into today's topic of why kombucha later on, even with the flavor. But the flavor is a strawberry lemon thyme. And every month I have shared in previous episodes while at the farmer's market, I have been trying to bring out a new seasonal flavor every single month. So for the month of July, I chose, I call it summertime, and thyme is spelled like the herb, T-H-Y-M-E, and it's a strawberry lemon thyme brew, and it came out wonderfully. To be quite frank, I didn't come up with this recipe uh, or flavor idea. I originally got it from the Big Book of Kombucha by Hannah Crum and Alex Ligori, um, which if you haven't read that book, I would highly recommend, especially if you are brewing any type of kombucha. It's something, or a resource, I should say, that I have used since the very beginning. But I love strawberries, I love lemon, and I wanted to create something that I thought would, I guess for me at the time starting off, would be easy. <laughs> and strawberries were easy for me to get in my area at the time that I started home brewing and I went ahead and I made a strawberry lemon and it had a little dash of thyme in it and it almost resembles like a strawberry lemonade and it's been so refreshing and this particular batch that I did it was the very first time that I've ever 
maximized it or I don't know, doubled, quadrupled it. You get what I'm saying. I used to put all my flavorings in the bottles. If you're a home brewery, very familiar, you would put some of your fruit juice or fruit pieces in the bottom of a glass jar or a bottle. I use 16 ounce bottles. I use old GT Synergy bottles and that worked really well for me. But now I wanted to make this batch bigger and I typically flavor in five gallon corny kegs and what I do is I put all the flavoring inside of a brew bag I let that soak for a couple of days in the cooler and then I take that out and then I carb it and I bottle it and I was a little bit of a weenie and what I did was I took my green tea base which I love green tea it's such a nice easy going canvas to paint on and really amplifies all the flavors really well compared to some other teas that I've worked with and so what I did was I took my five gallon batch and I halved it so I put two and a half gallons of tea into one keg and two and a half gallons in another and so what I did was I put only the strawberries lemon and thyme into one of the kegs and I left the other one all green tea so just in case I messed up I had another half of the batch to play around with well luckily it turned out pretty well I say pretty well because I did dial up the time a little bit more than I probably should have. It was a lot more herbal forward than what I was used to in the past. I didn't really realize, well, I had played with dried time in the past when I was homebrewing. And for this, I had bought some fresh thyme and I put in way too much. And so this was definitely more herbal forward than I guess the strawberry and the lemon component. But I decided to just go ahead and try it out at the market because I am really looking for honest feedback. I thought it was super herbal forward, but the feedback was wonderful. There were a couple people that were like, yeah, that's a lot of time. But a lot of people were like, wow, I love how herbal forward this is. I really enjoyed it. So cool. Anyway, so then I went back and I took the other two and a half gallons that I hadn't flavored yet and... I took just a little bit off of the time, but after all the feedback that I had and hearing how well it was received, I went ahead and left a little bit more than I was used to, and I'm really happy with the finished product. And it went so fast at the market. Oh my goodness, we sold out of that really quickly, and I just got some even better feedback on that. So I'm really happy, and I'm not going to keep that as like my main flavors. I have four flagship flavors that I stick with year-round. But I think it was a really fun July flavor. And right now, well, now being tomorrow, I'm going to try a five-gallon batch. And I think it'll go great now that I've done two, two and a half-gallon batches. So yeah, I'm just really excited. But like I was mentioning before, I would make this recipe quite a bit. It was like my go-to homebrew recipe. And I would bring that like every day to school. I say that because... There was a lady in my office, all of us teachers shared an office space together and there was one cooler in the corner and she was like, oh my gosh, who would bring kombucha to school? That stuff's so alcoholic and I was like, oh my gosh, no it's not, it's totally fine. But the amount of strawberries that I would add, unfortunately, oh man, very novice at this point, anytime I opened it, it would explode and not explode like everywhere in the office, but I was so used to it over carbonating and foaming that I would have to go to the sink every time I opened it and put like a Ziploc bag over the top and open it very slowly and it would foam out. And I probably only had like half of the bottle to drink at that time, but I was so darn proud of myself making my own kombucha. (laughs) 
<laughs> and she was probably really right because we know the more fruit juice that is added, the more that fermentation can restart. So I was probably having a nice solid, I don't know, one to two percenter at school, but hey, can't fire me now. <laughs> and no, I didn't feel inebriated from it, but I still really enjoyed my treat at the end of the day. But getting back to today's topic, I had really started to think about transitioning or really asking myself, will I be happy with this career 10, 20 years down the road? And I say around this time, it was about, I would say, mm, late 2019, maybe early 2020, I was starting to consider, is there another thing out there for me? And maybe people will call it quarter life crisis. At the time I was, man, my, my math is all off, but I'm pretty sure I was around 27, 28 years old. And I was asking myself, is this where I'm going to be happy? And you know, those like really deep questions, is this really fulfilling me? And if you're new here and you haven't listened to other episodes before, I was a former transition special education teacher. And with transition, I worked with young adults between the ages of 18 to 21 who had a various different types of disabilities. But nonetheless, this was an elective program that after the individual had finished high school requirements, they could join this program to help sharpen their independent living skills as well as vocational skills. So by the time they exited the program and they could stay in this program until the day before their 22nd birthday, they could be equipped with some more skills on getting a job and living as independently as possible. And I found a lot of fulfillment through this job. I mainly taught independent living, so cooking, how to maintain the home, looking for apartments, budgeting, math, that kind of stuff. But we also went out in the community weekly and we practiced vocational skills and just trying to narrow in and find the likes and the dislikes and the strengths of each individual so that they were the best equipped when they left our program. And that was mainly what I did. And Man, I, I found so much fulfillment through that and I still do to this day because this is going to directly tie into an inclusive tap room one day. But at this point, I was getting burned out on several things and I haven't really shared this on the podcast before. So if you have been a teacher or you know a teacher in your life, you've probably heard them say, oh my goodness, it's so much work and not a lot of pay. I kind of see where that's coming from because now I know what other people are making uh, during this time. Like I hear of other people's careers and things and I'm like, wow, you make that much? That's super cool. But to be honest, I feel like I was being paid quite a bit and I felt really good about the pay that I was receiving. However, the pieces that I didn't really particularly like about the public school system was all the rules that went with it. And I'm definitely not a rule breaker. I'm actually more of a rule follower. And I really like to stick to a routine. But all of the things that I was asked to do, namely lesson planning and things like that, which I know are like the backbone of being a teacher. Don't get me wrong, I know. But the amount of stuff that we were asked to do outside of teaching was becoming very cumbersome on myself. I can't speak for any other teachers out there. I know plenty of teachers still and I'm friends with many of them. But at the time, I was just feeling very overwhelmed with all of the outside work and collaboration and things, meetings, PDs, all of that, that I didn't really feel were as necessary to my growth as an educator. And when I was finally with my students, I almost felt a little burnt out. Like I wasn't able to give them my true self and my true, I don't know, best teacher 
heart per se um, because I felt so drained in other areas of this profession. Now, y'all know this is my verbal journal. I get a little wordy, but I'm not going to apologize for this. But another thing, just to be totally transparent with you, is that at the time, I'm in my late 20s. I'm pretty impressionable. Now, I'm not super far out of that. I'm 31 right now, and I feel like I'm still pretty impressionable. But at the time, being surrounded with so many people, when you're on a team, especially in a public school, um, goodness, how do I word this? The culture there really impacts me. I can't say impacts others, but the type of people that I'm around day in and day out, I would let get to me a lot more. And several, and this is hard because there's a lot of people, I say a lot, maybe just a couple. What's up, fellow teacher friends? If you're my colleagues, I'm not specifically saying you suck, okay? But I think at the time, I'm so impressionable that if someone were to come to me and they were sharing things like, hey, this is how I'm feeling, it's really negative, it's really heavy, I would take that upon myself and it would almost become my identity. That's just my personality type. I want to help people. I want to help people solve things. I'm very empathetic and I feel what you are feeling. And so when I work with so many individuals and they are all in my classroom, and in addition to the students who also have their own multitude of family lives and home lives and things like that, I just took on a lot more than I should have. And that was all because I didn't really have a good boundary set. But this environment was not conducive to me really growing personally. And I was really getting stuck with other people's things. Not that they were super toxic whatsoever. Again, if I'm, I'm not speaking towards a particular colleague in general, but I let this culture kind of get into me uh, a lot more than it should have. And I've learned quite a bit since leaving and being on my own and doing my own thing as an entrepreneur. But that's all to say that with what I talked about prior with all the things I wasn't really enjoying about the public school system, and then kind of allowing some of these people to be impressionable on my mood goodness I just was not in a good spot and it really made me think what else could I be doing with my life and so that's kind of what made me think could I transition and be anything else and this is really where I jumped on to all the you can do it podcasts, you know, those motivational type speaker podcasts that are just talking about that transition of trying something new in your life. And I got really inspired. I got really inspired. And I thought I could do this, but I had no idea what the this was. I couldn't put it into an action. I just knew that I wanted to do something else. And this is where it gets a little weird, but I think this is just so important to share because you might be in a similar similar area in your life where you're trying to explore another avenue and try something new in your career life or personal life. And it may not make a lot of sense yet and you don't have the actions yet behind it, but you're willing to explore. And that's kind of where I was at. So I asked myself, what am I good at? What what are my strengths? What are something uh, things that I love to spend my time doing? And in traditional teacher sense, I bought several whiteboards and I just started going to town on them and writing down all these ideas. I don't have a picture of this or anything, but I remember I wrote down, I like to ride my bike. I love to be around people and meet new people. I love the outdoors. I love to cook and create things with my hands. I know I do not like doing bulletin boards or anything super tedious and creative. <laughs> I know, it's silly. Um, and then the other thing that I wrote down was I like things that are simple, routine, that type of stuff. So I look back at the board 
And I thought, all right, is there anything I could do with this? And really there wasn't anything in my mind that jumped out at all based off of these topics. But again, I was listening to all these podcasts and the main theme from all these podcasts was just take action. Pick something and try it. And so I looked at all of these ideas and I thought, okay, money aside, if I just were to put action to something that I enjoy and that I feel like I have a strength in, could I enjoy doing this full time or could I make this into some type of a business because at this point I was pretty determined to try to work for myself (laughs) which I laugh because I don't know what the heck I was thinking but hello here we are today this is all good everything's working out but I decided to focus in on I like simple things first now at the time my husband and I were exploring living more small We literally were looking at tiny homes and crafting up a tiny home and and living somewhere kind of off grid. You know, you've seen all the YouTube videos about it, maybe living in a shipping container, all those things. And crazy enough, side story, they didn't allow us to build a tiny home in our state or like in our county because it basically they said was an eyesore and you couldn't live in it year round. I think that's bullcrap. But All that to say is that we ended up moving into a small trailer instead and we downsized, oh my goodness, a lot. I remember putting up all of our furniture on, you know, Facebook Marketplace because it simply wouldn't fit into our new home. But that's what we were going for. We wanted to live more simply and just have the necessities. Some might call it minimalistic. You could say that we were minimalistic, but we were just really focused on the experiences that we wanted to do and... Just kind of go from there. So we moved into our our trailer home and we were living more simply and I was really enjoying this time and I felt like my creativity was given more space just to play around because I didn't have all of my stuff that I used to have that I didn't really need around me and that was consuming my time. And so I looked at this aspect and I thought, okay, what if I tried to create a blog or something around living more simple or living more small. And I really enjoy meeting new people and I miss talking in front of my class and everything. I've always wanted to do a podcast, so maybe I could create a podcast about living more simple and living more small. And then I could talk about how I clean my space. And so all these ideas started to trickle in. You kind of see where my brain is going a little bit. And believe it or not, I actually did start another podcast and it was titled Living Simple, Living Small. And I had two podcast episodes. I don't know if those are still out there. I deleted them. But one of my friends said she found it like this is last year. And I'm like, that's still out there. I hope you don't listen to it because it's a little rough. If you start anything new, it's going to be rough regardless. But (laughs) I started talking about it and I took action on that. And I, my husband was the one I was around the most at the time. And so we started looking at this and he said, all right, are you fulfilled through this? I'm like, I don't know yet. I'm still just taking more actions towards it. And he's like, well, how could you make this make money? And I was like, well, I love to organize things. Maybe I could go and help people organize their spaces and and try to help them be more minimalistic. And he goes, well, (laughs) I I think that's a great idea. However, I don't feel like you're going to be fulfilled as much as you think you will be. It's more the concept of it. But you actually going there and spending time there, I don't feel like that's going to fill up your cup. I feel like you need to have a team of people around you and not just be by yourself. I'm like, oh, okay, Julie noted, which I so appreciate his feedback because he was totally right. The more I thought about that, I didn't really want to go into people's homes and, you know, what if they didn't want to 
you know, see a sentimental item and not want to get rid of it or, or do something else with it. Anyways, it just wasn't going anywhere. I just kept finding myself in some dead ends. And so I kept looking at some other aspects. I said, oh, you know, I really like our new lifestyle of eating. We had just changed over to a plant-based diet and we've been doing that for almost a year at the time. And I said, maybe I could talk about plant-based diets and we could make some recipes in the blogs and things like that. So I gave that a solid shot. I remember I made a plant-based shepherd's pie, which if you're not familiar, usually it has like beef or lamb and I use lentils, mashed potatoes, and then peas and carrots. And I remember making it so beautiful and I even bought a special dish and I was trying to take pictures of this dish and I was just like, oh my gosh, I hate this part. And I use hate because... <laughs> Remember I told you I don't like putting up bulletin boards? Well, this also translates into aesthetics. I am not very good at aesthetics whatsoever, which you can still see it translates onto my Instagram grid if you were to go visit us living full kombucha. I, I don't have any color grid or super aesthetic. There are days I just slap up, hey, this is what I'm doing at the brewery today. And other days I get like kind of artistic, but I use all the filters in the world and nothing matches. It's just not my jam. I'm not good at it. And I wasn't looking to get good at it. Okay. Again, it's just not something I wanted to sharpen. And I didn't find joy in finding that skill and making it into a potential business. And so I looked at some other avenues. I'm like, all right, it's not food creation. Okay, blog, nah. Maybe I could share with people my DIY of how to make several products to save money because my husband and I had gotten out of a lot of debt and we really only did that from obviously changing a lot of our spending habits, but also we started making a lot of things at home, including a lot of like home products like our dishwasher detergent. I started making all of our soaps. I started making my own makeup and just learning about that and at the time I had a huge kombucha addiction because I wasn't feeling my best and kombucha really helped me I'll get back to this in a second so I started making kombucha because that saved money so all this was like grouped together kombucha wasn't like ting ding ting it wasn't like out at me right now like obvious but I was excited about sharing step-by-step -step ways with people on how I created certain products in my home including potentially kombucha and I love being able, I felt like that was one of my strengths is being able to teach people things and just break stuff down into very easy to navigate steps. And so I looked at that and I just thought, wait a second, especially with like skincare and things like that, you just don't know what you're going to get into, especially with different people's bodies. And I just didn't know if I could explore that. But again, I put some action to it and I created a little video podcast <laughs> about it. And I even made my own soap and uploaded a picture online. But I still wasn't feeling the right feeling. It just still wasn't there. But I was still really proud of myself for putting action to this. And uh, if you're curious, this is probably, I would say, eh, three to four months that I am putting this time in. I'm working full time as a teacher still. I'm coaching on the side. But I have at least taken action of building my own website, starting a blog, starting a podcast, starting a video podcast. And that's where I found myself. And there was one day where I was just staring at my screen and I was so freaking annoyed because there's so much about building anything online that's just, it's mind-bottling. It's a lot of things to learn at once and I didn't go to school for that and just listening to all the tutorials of how to build my own website. And I remember picking up my bottle of strawberry lemon thyme kombucha and I was drinking it and I'm like, ah, oh, that's super refreshing right now. And I was like, huh, maybe I could play around with this. 
Now, I was also being asked while I was bringing in my kombucha to school, people were always interested. What does it taste like? Why do you drink it? And so I was always excited to share because I've, I've shared previously why I choose to drink kombucha is because I feel so good drinking it. I had severe IBS. Uh, sorry, I had severe IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. I have Crohn's and ulcerous colitis that runs in my family. And drinking kombucha and also kind of my plant-based diet, I feel like really contributed to healing my IBS. And I wanted to share that with everybody. So I had a lot of people who are like, you know what, I'll taste it. And several like, ooh, I couldn't do it. But others were like, ooh, okay, I could try to get behind this. And I was having a lot of joy bringing in some new flavors that I was doing or, hey, you guys, this one didn't fizz as much. And people were just always curious about my kombucha because I drank it every single day. It was very routine for me. So at this time, after I've explored all these different avenues, I thought, wait a second. Okay, people are asking questions about kombucha. I'm enjoying getting to learn what would it be like if I decided to put some action behind making some larger batches of kombucha? And so then I started to look at how can I make larger batches and I bought larger vessel sizes and I tried to make more and some more flavors and I would have a party and God bless you all. of my friends who have been with me since the beginning because I would have like little kombucha parties where normally I would mix them with vodka because I kind of had to chorus them a little bit because they weren't super thrilled about the booch taste yet, but they were excited about the vodka and hanging out part. (laughs) But we just had fun talking about the new flavors and it kind of evolved from there. And then my mind thought, wait a second, okay, this is a product. A product is easy. You know, at first, all these other things I was talking about were more services and not saying that there isn't a huge service-based business empire out there. There's so much about learning knowledge and people selling their own knowledge, which is huge. But having a product to me and my brain just made a lot more sense. I could learn to make it make it well and sell it to people and make a business out of it. And to me, that just sounded great. And I was really enjoying making kombucha at home. It was creative. And I thought, let's try this out. So my Google searches revolved around how can I sell kombucha? And I quickly realized that I was not able to make this inside of the home. I would need to get particular licenses. And then I would have to, you know, create a label and things like that. But it was all very well laid out, I felt like, and something that I I was up for the challenge. And I was interested in the topic and I wanted to keep delving into it every day. So I felt like this was a really cool thing to explore. I was still teaching full time. And I began to use what I had already set up and try to put that in the direction of making kombucha. I already mentioned that I had a domain, Living Simple, Living Small. All right, can we change that to Living Simple, Living Full Kombucha? Because I didn't want to change all the things about it. Cool, awesome. Can I establish an LLC? All right, so Living Simple, Living Full Kombucha is now an LLC. Sweet. I gave my podcast a little makeover. I only had two episodes on the living simple, living small side. So I canceled those out and I started off from scratch with the teacher turn alchemist podcast. And I talked about how I was going to try brewing kombucha commercially. And if you go back to episode one, it was a hot mess, (laughs) but I was really proud of it. And I still am to this day. And now it has evolved to here you are today listening to me on the living full kombucha podcast. A lot has changed since then, but I put action into the kombucha, which is a lot easier said than done. If you've been following me for a while, first, thank you so much for 
for following me on this journey. It has been quite the ride and I'm definitely not anywhere near where I need to be. But as I took more actions, it became a lot more clear of the goal that I eventually wanted to do. And I wanted to circle back to the teaching component a little bit because there are still a lot of parts of the school system that I really liked. Actually, scratch that. I didn't like anything in the school system. There was everything about the students and the people and and how I felt facilitating that I really enjoyed. And I looked at this, all that I was putting my action into with the kombucha and the creativity aspect, and I said, all right, can I put these two together? And mainstream people or experts or whoever you want to call it would probably say no. But to me, and and listening obviously to all those podcasts of you can do whatever you want and put your mind to it, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. This is something that I could put together. So what I put in my brain for a goal is to create a kombucha tap room, a community of people um, that will celebrate neurodiversity and train and be a workplace to adults with disabilities. I loved the aspect of my job seeing something connect with a student and them be able to have a sense of independence and fulfillment in what they were doing oh my goodness I was so privileged to be able to witness that moment and to be a small part of what led up to that mastery of that skill and I thought wow can I marry this new creativity and this new business that I want to create and basically take all the parts of what I loved being a public school teacher and put it into a business of my own? Yes. I tell myself yes every day and I have to because like yesterday honestly was not that great of a day and it's really hard to keep that focus of Lydia you're making an inclusive tap room and you will get there someday. It's not a if I get there someday it's I will get there someday and I have to keep that on the forefront of my mind on days where I'm just like my gosh I just feel like I'm so far behind and I have no idea what I'm doing. Does anyone really know what they're doing but (laughs) it's hard on certain days. But I think about going back to that whiteboard and I look at all the things that I wrote down and I realize that I'm shaping that dream that I've always wanted that I never really knew until I took action on several things. Even though they seem like dead ends, they really were pointing me in the right path towards this kombucha inclusive tap room. And I really hope that that made sense for one and two it might resonate with you because again you might be someone who's looking to transition into a different career path or change something about your personal life and you just don't know where to start and I would encourage you someone who is still such a baby at this but is just trying every day to better herself one percent one percent better every single day and work towards this overall goal that means so much to me I know for a fact that you will get to that point too I know that you will, but it does take that action. I forget which podcast it was, but it's almost like a motto of mine. I even thought of it as a sweet tattoo. I don't know how it would look, of course, but it's like messy action is still action. And for me, who's a total perfectionist, just taking action, I'm like, are they going to like me? Is this going to work? What if it backfires? It probably will. (laughs) And it has several times up until this point. And I'm definitely not perfect. I, I still get nervous about taking those risks. But that messy action led to something that I was really proud of. 
and then we go to the next thing and the next thing and here we are and now I just finished off another pallet of bottles. I'm on this great podcast meeting so many people. I'm at Farmer's Market and I have a sense of belonging and a community that is really enjoying our products and we're about to hire somebody. I mean, come on, that's so cool. And I would have never thought Living Simple Living Small was going to be a commercial kombucha business called Living Full Kombucha, but I took action and I'm darn proud. So I leave you today with encouragement to pursue what you would like to do, even if you don't know what it is. Get out that whiteboard, scribble on some stuff, talk to a friend, and then take some messy action. And just know that I'm so proud of you and there are other people who will rally behind you and your path will become very clear over time. I truly believe that for you. And I hope if you have the time and you would like to reach out and share with me what that path is looking like for you, I would love to hear from you. I always welcome people to email me. You can DM me on Instagram, but my email is livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. And I've heard from so many of you who are just like, I'm going for it. And it might not even be, you know, kombucha brewing. It might be totally something else. And I celebrate you. That's freaking awesome. I love that we can find each other on this platform and cheer each other on into what our goals and our dreams are and maybe it's not a different career but maybe it's just a different mindset and how you're looking at your days and and what you're spending your time on and I would hope that whatever you put your actions towards that it brings you that fulfillment that you've been looking for and I can truly say that that's where I'm at right now and that's why I choose kombucha I love how I feel drinking it I love the creativity that it evokes I love the community that has come out to just celebrate this drink and all the brewers that I have met and definitely all the things that I have learned. I would have never known all of these things about the brewing process. But also I'm looking forward to the community that I'm going to create and kombucha is that catalyst to get there. I can't wait to share this living drink with the world, fermented foods and what it means to me, but also use that as a place of learning and opportunities for so many. So with all that being said, thank you so much for taking the time to listen into today's episode. And if you have just an extra second, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread the word of this podcast and recommend it to other people who are looking for something in this space. And it would mean so much to me if you just gave an honest review. But in the meantime, I can't wait to hear from you. Be well and cheers. Cheers.